Good morning. First of all, thank you so much for those who come to the King's Nazi yesterday, Winter Wonderland. I think we have about 550 people around. So it was a great moment. Uh, and then yesterday, uh, we had a little one's party in the bubbles. And then I was, I was driving Rua and Gracie, another little girl. They are sitting behind me. And then Gracie all of a sudden said, Oh, look, the Christmas decoration is so Christmassy. <laughs> And then she goes, it's so unfair. <laughs> and then, it's not even Christmas, is it? <laughs> she said. <laughs> and then we all goes, yes, Christmas is 25th, 25th of December. Why do they decorate all this Christmas now? So I think that's the first thing when I first come to England. Because Christmas is only one day, one day holiday. It's not family holiday in Korea back at home. But here we do see Christmas. I mean, sometimes some people, they start preparing Christmas from September, decoration, you know, trees. So, yes, today is the first Sunday of December. I know we're really kind of, our mentality already moved into Christmas season, which is very good. So, <clears throat> last Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday, a uh, few of the Kingsa's children, you know, Mikhaila, Jonathan, they said they really want to see the movie. They wanted to go to the theater. And then the movie is, the title of the movie is called Thor. Uh, I'm not sure whether you know, you know, the guy who has a superpower, right? Yes. And I think this is the age that we're living in. I don't know how many of you, you really love watching movies. I do. And many movies, you know, about heroes these days. And then one of the latest movies is Justice League. It's a fantastic title, Justice League. Those are groups who fight for the justice. And then, I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with the Batman. You know, we do know those super, you know, superheroes. Batman, Superman, now Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, and, you know, the Flash on even X-Men series. And then continuously we see these uh, heroes. Of course, I believe, uh, you know, after... Many things happen in this century, two words, word, and then uh, the world is moving a little bit more pessimistic movement, and then people are craving for justice because peace is something that, you know, we, we desire peace. Everyone loves for peace and love. When there is no love, no peace, people are striving for. And then, you know, the people can make money out of it. So the Justice League, we don't see a hero in the movie. We see heroes a lot of heroes in the movies. And then I wonder how, just like Rua and David and Daso, they grow up with these movies and environments, watching and then looking at all the heroes, and at the same time, the problems of the world. It's getting more chaotic, you know, more violence, we see, and then justice is being broken. So then, who is weird heroes? Is that they're not our role models, but they do influence our mentalities, right? That one of the thing is because of these superpowers, maybe the significance. I heard a third of teenagers in, in England, they are depressed. It's not just in England. The significance, because we see these superpowers, superheroes activating in, in not in reality, but we picture that there is you know, something that we fight for the justice and love and justice and peace for the world, but who am I? 
as a single individuals. Do they have more confidence? I don't think they're moving in the opposite way. So I'm going to talk more about uh, hero today, all heroes. I'm not sure. But as you know, there was a hero in the human history. His name was Jesus, one of the heroes, I would say. Amen? Yes, amen. But this hero was nothing, to be honest. He was born in a manger. He was rejected. He was striving, you know, to find a place even to be born. So his birth was a battle already. So he was a little unknown. And then also he had to run away from King Herod. He had to run away to Egypt. So that's how he saved his life. He ran away from the time of his birth. It was a struggle. And then what about entire his life? He did perform a lot of miracles, right? He silenced the nature even. He silenced the, the Galilee, Sea of Galilee. And then he raised the dead. He did a lot of miracles. He had a superpower, even though he didn't fly in the sky like Superman. So I know these superpowers and supernatural powers and miracles, he drew a lot of attention from people, and then even thousands of thousands of people, they used to follow him. So it wasn't only one or two cases that, you know, the, the story of uh, two loaves of, okay, two faces and five loaves of bread, and then 4,000 or 5,000 people used to follow him because it was not only him. There were quite a lot of traveling teachings in the first century. There used to be a lot of teachers traveling around. You, you remember Socrates and Plato, those other philosophers were teachers. They used to teach a lot of people. And then when they, gathered, uh, when they gathered a lot of people, they got fame and they got money and they got supported. Jesus was one of them. And the main his ministry was he was teaching in the synagogue. He preached the gospel and he healed people. Whenever he did perform the miracle, a lot of people used to follow him. So in some sense, he was very successful. But in another sense, then what happened? When he died on the cross, who was there? Where, where were his people? Where about three, you know, inner circles, James, John, and uh, Peter? The three people that Jesus used to take him alongside everywhere, and then there were 12 disciples. Were they really with Jesus? So all his disciples, they abandoned him, they ran away, and they deserted him. So in some sense, he lost everything. He performed the miracles, he healed the people, but he was abandoned, he was rejected, and then finally he was crucified, one of the most horrific you know, uh, execution in Roman Empire, because he was a criminal. But So it was not only his 12 disciples, but by his own people, Jewish people, they were he was executed because he called himself as a king of the Jews, and then he called himself a son of God. And that was a blaspheming. So people didn't like it because they couldn't see that he was not born as a king, but he was born in a manger in a lowest place. And then the way he did was very different from other rulers or kings in his lifetime. So he wasn't a hero. But people followed because of the miracles. But miracles didn't keep people 
with him in the end? If so, we cannot define the heroes, superheroes that we see, like Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. Hero is not the one who can perform the miracles, even though the movie says that they can change the world, but we don't see that. So I'm going to read Isaiah 53, uh, verse 3 to 6. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one of from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has done, he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the testament that brought us peace. And with him, wounds we were healed. All we like sheep had gone astray. We have turned everyone to his one way. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. So by the time he died, he was crucified. No one left with him. Only, of course, his mother and a few mother specifically. So what he had achieved, everything in his lifetime, just collapsed at one point. But interesting thing is, after that, the one who ran away from him, the one who abandoned him, the disciples, they started to do the same things as Jesus did. Right? On the day of Pentecost, they got baptized. And, uh, and then they started to do, they started to follow the model of their teachers. So they also, the disciples, they did miracles as well. A lot of healings, a lot of supernatural things happened. So we see these people, they're growing in numbers. But sadly, they were facing the same things like their teacher. So they were abandoned, they were rejected, they were beaten, and then they were put into prisons. And then 12 disciples, apart from one disciple, John the, John the Baptist, no, John the Apostle, every other apostles, they were martyred and they were persecuted, like just like his their master, Jesus Christ. Only the John the Apostle he lived. But he himself, the story said, he himself was in the boiling boiling oil in Rome under the persecution, but he got no harm and then he survived. That's why he was uh, sent to Patmouth. And then he wrote the book of John and the one to three John and the book of Revelation. So 11 of, the, of this, his disciples, they went through the same things, and they copycat, they mimicked his teachers, their teachers. So one of them, we know later on, that he joined this kind of, you know, uh, how can I, suffering group. His name was Paul. As you all know, he couldn't understand this people group, people group, crazy people, the one who claimed himself as a king of Jews, Jesus Christ, and disciples, they also taught what Jesus used to teach. And then he start, he's the one who really persecuted the first century Christians. And all of a sudden, he had an encounter with the Lord, and then he joined this suffering group. But I think his case must be harder than others, because he was one of the passionate people to persecute his one uh, Christian fellows. And then he became the Christians. And what about his friends? Because he was one of the very influencing people in Jewish nation by then. One of the members of the Sanhedrin, which is very important for Jewish. 
And then he became the target, and so he had to run away to save his life. But he came back to mission again. And he traveled. He himself, he traveled quite a lot. It's total, just approximately, apart from the trip to Spain, because for sure he went to Spain in the end, but we don't read that in the book of Bible. He traveled around 10,000 10,282 miles in his lifetime, first and second and third, apart from fourth missionary journey. And then he spent 1,731 denarii, but denarii is a, a day wage. So if I say 40 pounds in British now, just approximately, that's going to be about 70,000 pounds. So he invested his money, but he was a failure because that's what we read in the book of Corinthians. Because, as I said, there are many teachers, and then teachers are very eloquent, and then they taught people, and then people studied together, and then they paid the money. But what, what Paul did is he didn't get the money, but he supported himself, tent makers. And then in their mindset, he was not a really great teacher. So this is what Paul has been through. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman, with a far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with a countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lessons less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys. In danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the deadly pressure on one of my anxiety for all the churches. <clears throat> so imagine that his life was very, very promising as a young scholar, as a leader, as a, one of the leaders of the Jewish nation. And all of a sudden, he decided to follow Jesus. And then what he did is he was following Jesus' way. And then after that, his life completely changed. He ran away to Arabia, the desert, and came back into mission. He constantly traveled Roman Empire. And then he was not welcomed in most of the cases. Whenever he went into the synagogue in his city, he was abandoned, he was rejected, and then he tried to reach out to Gentiles. And then as we have read, his whole life has just sufferings and sufferings and sufferings. So, in the first century, let's say, in human perspective, who are these people? A group of people, they call themselves Christians. And their teacher died, crucified, which is horrible in their mindset, is most criminal. And all the other disciples, they, they ran away from their master, and then they came back, and they started to do the same things. Right? Because of that, there was a harsh Christian persecution in Western European countries until AD 313. And then the Constantinople, Constantine, 
the great, he declared that people they can have a freedom to choose Christianity, and then Christianity becomes state religion. So between Jesus' time and that time is almost 300 years. So it wasn't just his disciples, but every Christians were suffered and they're persecuted. Right? That's what happened in the Western European countries. So what we can see through these people's life, Jesus and his disciples and the Christians, they never seen, most of them, they never seen the fruit of their work, their prayer and their sweat and their tears. Um, but, however, they did change the word. Because, as you know, now I'm standing in Western European, you know, in England, let's say, and then in Korean people's mindset, even now, if I just say, oh, I'm in England, what are you doing? I'm a missionary. Why do you go there? Because it's a Christian country already. So, whole Europe has become Christian, you know, under Christian influence, and then people regard that, that this is a Christian country. I see that, <clears throat> even though there are, you know, there are less, a lot less people in the churches, but it, throughout the whole society, I see the Christian influence. That's what I can see as an Asian. So, eventually, the, through the Roman Empire, Great Britain, and all the other European nations, they become Christian nations. Right? That's a huge difference. Is that a small difference? That's a huge difference. I know, to be honest, in, uh, I went to Ireland, and then I know the history, I learned the history, and then in most of the European countries, they did have their religion, uh, very cult, pagan religions by then. And then now, because of Christianity, a lot more morality and safety, uh, maybe I can talk about them more later. That's what happened in the Western Europe, and then it came to Asia as well, and then... Uh, in the 7th century, uh, this Christianity came to China. And then they called this uh, religion as a Jingjiao. Jingjiao means the religion of light. Are you familiar with the word? The Jingjiao, the meaning of Jingjiao is a religion of light, light and darkness. Do you see that? You know, that's one of our Christian languages. Because the religion was kind of historian, Nestorian, but I, I'm not going to go into details. And then it reached to China. It stayed in China more than 200 years. So at one point, a Chinese government, they declared that people, they can believe in Jingjiao. So there were a lot of Christians. As soon as, you know, there was a declaration in China that, the, you know, Christianity was a state religion, there was a guy named, it's not a guy, Okay, with respect, there's a Buddhist monk named Xuanzang. So Xuanzang is one of the national heroes in China. So he himself was a dedicated monk, and he went to India. But it was a time when the Christianity was just, you know, flourishing. And he went to India, and then uh, he brought Buddhism, the Buddhist book, because uh, we have a Bible, but Bible is not a book. Bible means bibliothes. In Greek, it means books, libraries. So in, in, in Buddhism, there is not a single sacred book. There are thousands of books because Buddha himself, he, didn't, he never wrote any book and all the disciples wrote books. So thousands of books. So his effort is he went to India and came back to China. Uh, the way he 
you know, the route that it took is not easy job. He had to cross the Himalaya desert and, you know, uh, snows and dangers and beggars. His life has been just like Apostle Paul's life. And then he came back and he translated 1,300-something Buddhist book. And ever since that, this nation of China, they turned back to Buddhism. That's why. That's why the Christianity was not flourishing at all. So, so in China, Xianjiang was Xianjiang monk. Xianjiang was one of the national hero. Is one of the top three Buddhist monk in the Chinese history. And then I see the result is very phenomenal. I'm not saying it's it's very great, but against Christianity. But what if, what if this didn't happen? Okay, oh, a very committed monk, Buddhist monk. He came back and then he taught people with a Buddhist book. So I feel very sorry for it. And then after that, 18th century, 19th century, the gospel which to China again uh, through the missionary, Western missionary. That's where we are. Then my point this morning is then who, is, who are the heroes? Who is heroes? We see hero, I think if I ask heroes, you know, to the young young people, they say that supernatural power, supernatural abilities, you know, and kind of things. But does those things, does those things really can change the world eventually? For instance, so many people, they follow Jesus through the miracles, but they all left Jesus. It's not miracles, it's not supernatural powers they can change the world. But I think it's, it's an influence influence. Jesus, he lived and died and after his death and people started to follow his ways. I'm not sure whether how much, you know, the disciples of Jesus they really understood who Jesus is. And after that, after Jesus' resurrection, after Jesus' death and resurrection, they started to copycat what Jesus has done. And that it has been phenomenal. The result is Jesus died, and then they, Jesus suffered, and then they suffered as well. But something started to change. So I think the one of the quality for one one of the things important things for hero is influences, not the power, just power, abilities, influences. And then his twelve disciples committed life, changed the world, even though they were martyred. The death brought a lot of success in it. When we see now, we can see that, but they couldn't see in their lifetime. So, the reason is, Jesus, he said, that John uh, chapter 6, 38, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So what Jesus did is to finish what God has sent him to do. And then disciples, they carry these things on. So imagine that discipleship influences. How can we influence the nation? Because we, we as a nation, we, we constantly say we change the nations. We champion the nation changers. And then we say that we champion young people, and young people, they have potentials to change the nations. It sounds very big. But practically, if you think the reality, maybe it's hard to say yes to it. Because how in our mindset still, how on earth an, one individual can change a whole nation, whole society? 
Okay, the last commandment of Jesus in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 19, last commandment of Jesus is, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Go, therefore, and make disciples. I think this is kind of, this is a picture I have for discipleship. Discipleship, uh, influencing people. Jesus has a 12 disciples. He discipled 12, and sometimes he was talking to the entire crowd, but many times he was talking only to the 12 disciples, which means discipleship training. In YYM, we call it DTS, Discipleship Training Course. That's why we call that. And then, after his life, these 12 disciples, they were doing the same thing. That what if, I'm, I'm pretty much sure that these 12 disciples, they discipled other people as they have been discipled by Jesus. So if every disciple has disciples, 12 people, it means these 12 disciples, the disciples of Jesus become 144 because 12 times 12 is 144. And and if these 144 people disciple 12 people, it's one, and it's going to be 1,028 disciples. And if this 1,728 people disciple 12 again, and it's going to be 1,728 times 12 is 20,736. Do you see this picture? It's a multiplication is going to be faster and faster and faster. I'm sure that they didn't teach how to perform the miracle. That was not the point. But they, they influence people. Okay, so yeah, we are, we are living in this uh, era of superheroes singing and, you know, looking at the movies and so feeling so good, you know, seeing these superpowers. And then now we enter into Christmas. The real meaning of Christmas is all about Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus Christ? The one who did perform miracle, but, but he did he did influence the people. So, Jesus' 12 disciples, I think, in their human mindset, in the first century, they are all losers. One of the greatest failures, maybe Jesus Christ. He lost everything. And disciples, they lost everything. So, we, having experienced some failures or mistakes that we make, it doesn't make us nothing, no way. No one, because we have this kind of DNA. As long as we, in our heart, as long as we decide to follow Jesus, I will just say we have a superhero's DNA. <laughs> we have DNA as a superhero. What I'm trying to say is we have potentials to influence other people, other people's around. It's not easy. So I'm sure that what you are doing, what you have doing in your lifetime, and some of you are just... You, your main thing is a prayer and then serving the church. Whatever you are doing, that's an act of great performance. And then that's going to impact other people around. Uh-huh. I'm sure that what you are doing is very significant. No one's insignificant. Everything is significant. It doesn't matter whether you are, you know, in the frontline mission or you are praying behind. 
every one of us, we are doing to finish the will of God. And that was Jesus' calling. And that he lived a life as a servant with a confidence of what he's doing. And as long as we are following Jesus and that we are heroes. In the time of, in the era of hero, we are heroes. You are heroes, I would say. But there, but it, I don't think the Christians just doesn't mean heroes, every single Christian. What do we do? Watch in our heart. The first thing is, you know, Jesus Christ is our Savior. And then do we have, what Jesus did to fulfill the calling is intimacy with God. Walking along with God on a daily basis. Spending time with God. Praying, of course, you know, communion and fellowship as well. And obedience to God. Sometimes we don't understand when God is saying something, prompting something in our spirits. But in that moment, even we just obey. And then that kind of act of obedience will change the nation or change the world little by little. So I'm confident to say that all of us, we are heroes. And then I can discourage you right at this moment that maybe most of us will not see the result of. Maybe next century or no one knows. For instance, there was a missionary. His name was Thomas. He was from Wales. He was a first martyr, a foreign martyr in Korea. He came to Korea. He kept on the boat. Even he didn't land on Korea by himself. He was caught. He was carried by the soldier, and he, he was beheaded. He did nothing to the nation, to my nation. But he has one of the most influential people because his Bible was given to the one who executed the you know, beheading, that was one of the earliest Korean church members. See, he never saw the result, but he influenced the nation. Act of obedience. Right? So, yes, who is Jesus? What we are really expecting for this Christmas. Who is Jesus? Who are we in Jesus? Who are we in Jesus? We are the heroes. Amen? Amen. Can I pray? Yes, God, uh, yes. We believe in Jesus not because of his abilities, of his supernatural powers, but his characters and his love for the nations, God. Love for every single lost in the world. And thank you so much for Jesus' humility and his willingness to come, even deny himself as a, himself was a God, but he denied himself. He, he decided to come as a perfect human being and he suffered, he went through the sufferings and pains, God. And thank you so much for the model that he showed to us, God. So we have great models to follow, which is Jesus Christ. And then eventually he changed the world. He influenced the entire world, God. So thank you so much for this season that we can constantly think about who you are. Who was born in a manger, but his name was Jesus, which means God with us, Emmanuel. So God with us. You are with us. That's why we can boldly say we are heroes, not because of our abilities, but the presence of God is with us and that we are willing to have communion with you and that we are willing to obey your will, God. So in the name of Jesus, help us. Help us to really stand firm in our faith and with assurance that we are the follower of Jesus Christ and that we will just obey whatever you want to talk to us, God. And then, no matter, even 
even we may not see the result of what we're doing now, but we are so sure that you are going to help, you know, you are going to plant this, you are going to make this seed to bear fruit in the future. So we glorify you, we honor your name this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.